Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Friday edition of the program, and I'll tell you what, gosh dog, and I love March Madness, I know Indiana's out, but last night, some fantastic games to hopefully get a great weekend of basketball started, so we'll obviously talk a lot about that today, and uh, Logan Duncan is in the transfer portal, I, I saw the news, and I kind of slapped myself, because somebody had texted on the Thornton's text line, Last week, I think it said, who do you think could be the first player maybe to hit the portal or who is someone likely to hit the portal? And I think just because of how things have went, my answer was Jordan Geronimo. He's been injured. He maybe hasn't gotten the opportunities that uh, he thinks he should. And that even a lot of people thought he might really, with his athleticism, become a a primetime player in the Big Ten Conference. So I didn't think about Logan Duncan. That was the low-hanging fruit, the easy answer to that question. Um, He obviously did not see basically any playing time his freshman year and uh, was badgered with uh, a number of health issues this season, including a season-ending sinus uh, correction surgery uh, that kept him out basically a a great portion of the year. So he is in the portal, and uh, Logan Duncombe, who came into the IU program out of a very good Cincinnati Molar program with a lot of hope of what he could accomplish and what he could build into, is uh, the first IU player to exit the program after the 22-23 college basketball season. So, my goodness, it's been crazy to follow all of the folks entering the transfer portal, and there's still more to come. There's still more teams to be eliminated over the next few days, and I think the next couple weeks, uh, maybe even to a month, it's just going to be a wild ride as far as the transfer portal goes. But it uh, definitely has uh, brought some entertainment in some ways, to college basketball when your favorite team is eliminated from the tournament. On the other hand, I just don't know what I make of all of it. I know it's still a fairly new thing in college basketball, college football, but gosh, I see so many players entering the portal, and I'm not talking about Logan or anybody from Indiana, but you see so many entering that you wonder, what's next? What what are you thinking? You had a good year. You found a role where you were at. It doesn't mean you're going to get some high major opportunity or a chance to be a 20-point game score anywhere in Division I basketball. And then, of course, there are players locally that we need to watch in the portal, like Jake Hybreeder, Floyd Central graduate. He's one of those guys that I think can really better his situation as far as the level he can play. And uh, I think that he'll have, if he doesn't already, have some high major schools coming after him. Cooper Jacoby, he's in the portal as well. I've heard rumors of other locals, at least one other, that could enter the portal 
uh, in the coming week or so. So that will be interesting to follow. But, boy, the transfer portal, along with Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games, uh, it's the life of college basketball right now. Of course, I want to mention time for the Indiana High School Athletic Association State Championship games on Saturday as well. It's one of my favorite days of the year. I've been to that event so many times going back to my youth. I won't be there this year. There isn't a local team to broadcast, and there really isn't a local team within, I don't know, an hour or so radius of our area here in southern Indiana, which is disappointing. Sometime, you know, someone over in Evansville will make it or someone out toward Bar Reeve and Lagodi in that area, but nobody. Brownstown, I thought, had a good chance. They were knocked out. Uh, I guess Lytton, Stockton, maybe the closest team. Even some of the Indianapolis teams, if you look at distance from here to there by a vehicle. Um, so it, it, always fun to follow. If you're, if you're looking for something to get excited about this weekend with the high school state championships, Flory, Badunga, and Kokomo. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him go up against a really good Ben Davis team. And, of course, the story with Ben Davis is can Coach Carlisle and his crew finished the season undefeated. Uh, they are undefeated headed into the 4A state championship game on Saturday night. So little shout-out for the high school games. We will have the IHSAA network on Saturday basically all day here on the Big X. So if you're out and about and you want to keep up with things in Indianapolis, uh, just lock in with the IHSAA network here on 1450 and 96.1. I think we're going to go to the network maybe midway through the 1A state championship game after some local programming in the morning, and then we'll be with it for the full 2A game and then back at night for the 3A and the 4A championship games. You know, I can remember years where we've struggled to get state championship games on the air, even local teams, because you've got IU men, you've got Purdue, you've got the IU women, you've got so many things that we carry at a collegiate level that things have been so jammed up this time of year, but that's just kind of the year it's been. We have nobody local except for the U L women who will be on one of our sister stations coming up obviously this weekend as they move on, we hope, through the NCAA tournament. But uh, yeah, definitely a different time. Let's take a look at the show lineup, the service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, some headlines. Justin Kalen, the producer, is going to join me. Here in just a moment, we'll take a look at some of the great happenings, the great games from last night. So happy for Dusty May. He's a Southern Indiana native from Greene County, just a guy I've known for years. To see him lead his team to the Elite Eight, that was just thrilling last night. So we'll talk about that, some of the other headlines from last night. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will be with us. We'll talk about the transfer portal and Logan Duncombe and so many other topics with Dylan. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will be with us in the final segment of the day. We'll take a look at Bedunga and Kokomo against Ben Davis and get his thoughts on some of the other state championship matchups this weekend as well. That's the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. Also, Thornton's text line, open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you watched the games last night, I'd love to hear from you. If you've got postseason thoughts on IU basketball, I'd love to hear from you. Or something on local sports, send it in, 
$14.50. And if you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. That's right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, send us a text on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. All right, big headline of the day, Logan Duncombe to enter the transfer portal. I don't think anybody should be surprised. Logan came to Bloomington as a four-star prospect in the 2021 class. Six foot ten, been in Bloomington for two seasons. He was recruited by Archie Miller, continued his time in Indiana after Mike Woodson was hired. But the first season, he was so far down on the bench, uh, there was just no opportunity to get him any experience, any minutes. And Indiana, if you remember, they weren't winning enough games or winning by margins where they could get him in at the end for a little bit of, of the experience time. And then this year, he's had some illnesses. He's had some different injuries. He only appeared in nine games this season. He averaged 2.9 points and 1.7 rebounds, 5.9 minutes per game. He last played against Wisconsin back on January 14th. So that tells you he has been just very, very sparingly used. But he's entered the portal. He's got two seasons of eligibility remaining at his next college. And he tweeted out this. He said, quote, I've made the difficult decision to leave IU. Thankful for teammates, fans, coaches, staff, and friends who have supported me. Love you all. And again, that's Logan Duncombe announcing to social media his intent to enter the transfer portal the first IU player from the current roster to enter the portal for this season from a Big Ten perspective kind of keeping an eye on things uh, no big mass exodus anywhere yet I think uh, Indiana really they've got two that are outgoing Logan Duncombe is the big one because he's a scholarship player Nathan Childress yesterday he's a red shirt six foot six forward Uh, He announced that he is going to enter the portal, and he's been four seasons at Indiana as a walk-on. He's a Zionsville uh, high school product, only played 17 games over four seasons. Iowa has two outgoing. Maryland has two outgoing players, including Ike Cornish, who we talked about earlier in the week. Michigan has one. Minnesota is probably leading the way. Jamison Battle, one of the bigger names in the conference to enter the portal, Portal, but also Talon Cooper, Trayton Thompson, and Jaden Henley. So the uh, Golden Gophers for exit, exiting the program, at least so far. Two from Nebraska and a lot of schools with nothing yet. So uh, Illinois has one. I think I left them off. But uh, not a real heavy uh, exit uh, by any Big Ten schools yet. But it's going to be fun to follow that here over the next couple of days. Justin Kalen is our producer and uh, college basketball extraordinaire. And even though the Hoosiers, Justin, who I know that you live, breathe, uh, everything is about uh, this Indiana program, even though the Hoosiers are out, I still love March Madness. And last night was just a super night to watch Florida Atlantic get the big win. And then the nightcap, UCLA and Gonzaga, was an absolutely thrilling game. I doubt that knowing you and your sleep schedule – uh, you've always told me you're one of the world's best sleepers, so I doubt you were. I doubt you were up for that late night finish. But two really good games to bookend 
Thursday night of Sweet 16 basketball, and now I'm excited for Friday. Yeah, you, you know me too well, Matt. I was definitely in bed. I, I made it to almost halftime of that Gonzaga-Texas game. Seeing the reports this morning, I wish that was a game I would have stayed up for and, and just watched the conclusion of because it seemed like it was a phenomenal game. But, yeah, the, the early slate of games was really good too. You mentioned the Florida Atlantic win. I – I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I kind of called the whole Florida Atlantic thing. If you watched the bracket reveal, you know how they pan to the teams and everybody goes crazy? When they went to Florida Atlantic, those guys were just, they stayed in their seats. They just clapped. So that told me that it was a business trip. And I knew they were going to be mean business coming into this tournament. And now here we are. They're in the Elite Eight. So good for them. Good for Dusty May. And, and happy to see that they were able to advance. You know, somebody texted this or tweeted this last night, but with the Florida Atlantic win, sending them to the Elite Eight, is Dusty May now a candidate for a high major opening? There aren't a ton right now with Patino to St. John's and Georgetown has been filled. Providence also has been filled. But could maybe Dusty May hear from Penn State or through back channels and third parties is he already hearing from Penn State about the opening yeah I would imagine so I mean isn't that the way it goes anymore Matt I mean you look at Tobin Anderson the Fairleigh Dickinson coach already accepted a position at Iona he had never done anything other than this season and he gets that big win over Purdue and all of a sudden he gets elevated to a better job so I think a very similar scenario could absolutely play out with Dusty May I don't know where that position may be I don't know I think Penn State's a pretty good guess I, I like that you said that but yeah, I mean, I think absolutely you got to parlay these smaller jobs into bigger jobs, and then eventually work your way up the coaching ladder and be one of the best coaches in in college basketball. I don't know how good of a job the Penn State job will be with Shrewsbury leaving. It's going to be interesting to watch the transfer portal on their side of things. Could he take some guys with him? Um, he he had success, yes, in the tournament, the Big Ten and the NCAA to a certain extent this year, but. I don't know that I'm ready to say that's a job that's turned the corner in the Big Ten. So could Dusty May go there and do a good job and get some recruits? Possibly, but I just don't know that uh, – I don't I don't know. That's going to be interesting to see if they come after him and if he is interested in that move. Isn't that a better job than Florida Atlantic, though? I mean, sure, at Florida Atlantic you're in Florida with the nice weather, but – at Penn State, you're in the Big Ten. You're in one of those power conferences. You're getting noticed. More people are going to know your name than they already do, which not a whole lot of people knew the name Dusty May in the coaching ranks, I don't feel like, before this season and and the success that Florida Atlantic has had. So, I mean, just the amount of exposure that you get at a place like Penn State versus Florida Atlantic, I, I just think that's a, that's a that'd be a no-brainer move for me if I'm Dusty May. Yeah, no, it's definitely a better job. In fact, I saw something last night, a, a ranking from a couple of years ago of Conference USA from best to worst jobs. And for a number of reasons, Florida Atlantic was listed as one of the worst jobs in Conference USA, which isn't some great conference any longer. I don't know that it ever was great, but it was good at one time. So the fact he's been able to do what he's done at Florida Atlantic yeah. would show, I, I would think, would be a blueprint for someone like Penn State to really hone in on him and uh, and see what's going on. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, you look at like the facility, everything at Penn State is just going to be so much better for him. The financial situation, the facilities, the recruiting base. I mean, you're not getting swallowed up by the Miamis and the Floridas, Florida States of the worlds down there. I just, I think that would be such a good move for him. 
Absolutely. And Gonzaga UCLA last night. I know you didn't make it for that one, but Drew Timmy, I, I don't even remember what his stat line was, but he had 35 or more points, I think 12 or 13 rebounds, some big assists, some key free throws. Uh, he's just tough, and he represents a really good side of college basketball. I've always wondered, when are the Zags going to break through and win their first NCAA championship? And then I've gotten to the point in recent years, they've lost these big heartbreaking games in the middle or later stages of the tournament. And you think, are they ever going to get there? Does Mark Few, who I think does a terrific job from his demeanor to his X's and O's, is Gonzaga ever really, truly going to be able to be considered a blue blood? I know some people might put him there now, but they've never won a, a uh, NCAA tournament, and I don't. See, so I don't see how you can. But uh, maybe this is the year. But uh, they looked really good last night in that game. Even UCLA with some injuries, it looked like Gonzaga was going to hang on and, and win, maybe in a non-thrilling fashion. But UCLA comes storming back, and it just was a terrific. Sweet 16 game. You've got to hope we get more of the same tonight, this weekend, and, of course, into the Final Four as well. But I'm telling you, uh, Justin, I love all rounds of the NCAA tournament. Uh, If the game's on and I can have it on TV or I can watch it, I'm going to. But I'm going to tell you, there's been some great Sweet 16 games and Elite Eight games this weekend the last few years has been a really great weekend for college basketball. Yeah, looking forward to tonight's slate as well and this weekend. But it, it is kind of sad, though, that when you think about Monday, that there's only going to be four teams left, meaning there's only three games left. Just gets kind of sad this time of the year. But in terms of Gonzaga, I will say this, Matt. So I'm of the mindset that Gonzaga will never win a national championship until they get out of the West Coast Conference. They have just got to play better competition throughout the year if they want a chance to win. But if there was ever a a year that Gonzaga could win it, it's this year because they're underrated. Nobody's paying attention to them. They've flown under the radar as a three seed. And so years past, it's been all all eyes are on Gonzaga. That's not the case this year. So I could see them winning it this year. Maybe they will. Shut me up because I've been saying that for years. Gonzaga will never win a championship. All right, final comment from last night's games. Kansas State, uh, what a finish. Coach Izzo, I know the Spartans were defeated, but he is so good when he has an opportunity to call a timeout, get that dry erase board out, draw something up. Michigan State was right in there with a red-hot team, I feel, in Kansas State. So I hate to see the Big Ten totally out of the NCAA tournament. Once again, a fairly early exit by the entire conference. But great effort by the Spartans all season. Let me say this, all tournament long. They did not look like the same team the last few weeks that we saw play Indiana and play in the Big Ten Conference. With that said, Kansas State, they've got something special brewing, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can take the next step to the Final Four. Yeah, I think you said it right, Matt. It was the whole season long for Michigan State, not just this tournament, the whole season. I mean, it's... They battled adversity all season long. Everybody was talking about how Michigan State was down, but here they were, last team standing in the in the tournament for the Big Ten. So, really impressive run by Izzo. I love Izzo so much. He is he's such a dang good coach. But yeah, Kansas State they they are a good team. The uh, I'll quote Coach Cal here. I know this is a Hoosier report, but 
the little guy played really good last night. He's he's had a heck of a tournament. He will continue to play really well. It's I'm Marquise Noel is who I'm talking about, and really excited to see Kansas State. I'm not a big Big East or Big Twelve basketball fan. I just I don't I'm not huge on the style of game they play, but it, they've been fun. Kansas State's been a lot of fun. They were the least of the Big Twelve teams that I believed in coming into the tournament. So hats off Speaking to them. Of- Speaking of quoting people, as we get ready to go to commercial break, yeah. can we quote my guy, Coach Rick Pitino, for just a moment? Uh, at the uh, interview right after his introduction as the new St. John's coach, which, by the way, I do have a St. John's uh, hoodie coming. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a big St. John's fan here in Kentuckyana. But um, he said Cal Perry and him both have, have taken three teams to the Final Four quote, I want to take St. John's to another Final Four so I can get rid of Calipari off my resume. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great quote. Great quote. Absolutely. Love the man. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, here on the Hoosier Report with Pat Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Got a couple texts that we'll get to here in just a bit. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Dylan, I'm choked up here, just barely making it through today, so help me out. But uh, Logan Duncombe in the transfer portal, I don't think there's any surprise that he is exiting the program. He came in with the understanding I felt of a guy that needed a couple of years to get some experience and because of <clears throat> roster depth or injuries or whatever it was, just never those opportunities came for Logan Duncan. Now he'll find him somewhere else. Yeah, definitely uh, not a surprise at all. You know, um, he was originally recruited by, by Archie Miller and, um, you know, Winston was able to kind of keep him and CJ Glenn. Those are kind of the two guys that he kept when he came back. And, you know, I think it was always a development thing for him and, you know, we did, we did hear some positive things this offseason about potential minutes. Um, but, yeah, he just seemed banged up. You know, he had some nice couple moments here and there. But uh, I think ultimately, yeah, this isn't a shock at all. And, you know, he really, he really just struggled to kind of find his place. And I think with the way that Indiana wanted to play, and you have a little bit more athletic guys like Trace Jackson Davis and, and Malik Renew or ahead of him. And uh, I just think, especially going forward now, with, with Trace leaving and, you know, there's going to be a bunch of talk about, you know, how Indiana play next season. Will they, will they be able to spread things out a little bit more? Um, with that kind of thought in mind, and that kind of typically what Woodson seems like he likes to do, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Logan to stick around because I imagine Indiana won't be doing a whole lot of back-to-the-basket stuff, um, aside from maybe some stuff from Malik Manu if he sticks around, um, which, you know, he, he probably will. But, yeah, you never know nowadays. But, yeah, not a surprise for Logan. And, you know, obviously he had a lot of bad luck, too, with, you know, he was, it seemed like a whole lot. I had like a surgery to fix some sinus issues. So, you know, that part of it's best that he's never fully healthy, but, uh, you know, hopefully, 
you know, he gets healthy and can find a, a good spot on a different team somewhere else. So, yeah, uh, that, that was part of the dollar. And, uh, I, I was not shocked to see he was kind of the first domino to drop here in the offseason for Indiana. If you had to make a pick, and I'm not, you know, give us a couple names or give us your feelings, but who, who are others that you hear buzz about or you just have a feeling because of how the season went, what their role was, what their playing time was or wasn't, that maybe could be other candidates for the portal. I mentioned, and again, I have no insight here, but I mentioned to somebody on this show earlier in the week that you wonder about Jordan Geronimo just because of what we all thought he could be and where he's actually at in the rotation. I know he had an injury later in the year that probably kept him out of some opportunities, but he's a name that comes up to me. Are there others on the roster that you think are the possible, maybe the low-hanging fruit to enter the transfer portal? Yeah, Jordan is one that, you know, especially ever since Race came back, and his, I know he got hurt a little bit, but, you know, every time he would come in, he just for two minutes, four minutes in the entire game. And, you know, his little destiny was not what we all thought it would be this season. Uh, that was a pretty popular one that I was, you know, just talking to friends about. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that was a season, you know, he transfers out. Um, you know, another one that I, I, like I said, like you said, I don't, I don't know anything, you know, I don't have any real ground behind this, but I, I feel like, you know, if there could be a potential other one, maybe CJ Gunn type, you know, he, he saw some minutes early in the season and, and really couldn't crack, uh, you know, the rotation down the stretch. And, uh, you know, I think there's maybe some, some things within his, you know, I, I don't know personally, but, you know, I just think, you know, maybe some stuff from the town members that, you know, they didn't like that he in certain games or whatnot. So, you know, that can always play a big part into it as well. But who knows, really, but I would say those are probably a few guys. You know, I think a guy like Anthony Real just loves being here, and even though, you know, he might not play a senior season, you can see him maybe wanting to play. I think we'll just stick around, especially with all the NI opportunities that he seems to have in Bloomington as kind of the homegrown kid. So I don't think he would dip out either. But, yeah, I think two guys that we could project to potentially play for him next year, probably Jordan Geronimo, maybe C.J. Gunn. You know, I think the thing with Geronimo is he hasn't developed the way that we all hoped that he would. And we knew he'd be a kind of a multi-year development project. And um, we, we saw flashes of him a lot toward the end of his, his last year as a sophomore. Um, and coming to this season, we talked a lot about, you know, could he play the three? Uh, could he could he expand his game to be a little bit more of a ball handler? Could he, could he get a little bit better with his shot? Um, it just didn't seem to click for him. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at the lineup of the guys for next season, you, you know, you could produce him having a, a bigger role on the team. But that's also about knowing who it is going to bring in for the transfer portal. If they bring, a, bring in a lot more wing depth, you know, that just put him towards the bottom of the rotation again. And if that's the case, if he sees that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he elects to go elsewhere because, you know, he's a really good athlete, and I'm sure a lot of teams want to take a chance on him. So, um, yeah, I would say that's probably the, the next opportunity, the next, I guess, likeliest candidate, you know, him. But uh, I guess we'll just see. It, it does seem like... A lot of these guys do like playing for, for Mike Woodson, and, and they have kind of established a really good culture from this past season. Um, you, could, you could just tell how a lot of guys are really kind of heartbroken about the, how the season ended. And, um, you know, I'm just curious to see how it all plays out. I think you guys are going to be a pretty heavy hitter in the, in the transfer pool. So, you're, you know, you're always looking at scholarships. You know, do, do they, you know, have to, you know, quote-unquote force guys to, to head out if they want to bring in the players. So it, it's just a whole other landscape that we're used to. Um, yeah, if, that, if, if I just pick another guy, it's going to be Geronimo, maybe a CJ Cole. Other than that, um, I feel pretty comfortable with all the guys. Like, I think Trey Galloway's definitely staying. 
Um, Tavar Bates is an interesting one. I, I didn't really mention him. You know, I you know you never know because he's got a daughter who mostly kind of you know lives in Kansas City, so he's kind of far away away from her. And, um, but I, I hope he stays because I, I like the potential of him and what he could be. So yeah, so but I, I do feel comfortable with my. Good number of guys on the roster that could be back for next year. Talking with uh, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, a, a couple other things I want to get to with you. I know we've talked a lot this week about Jalen Hood Shafino, what his draft stock looks like, and what his future could be. You know, Alex Bozich yesterday, I, I had said I thought it was up in the air, but likely he would go to the NBA draft just based on what you read, what you hear. Alex said, you know, he feels like he's as good as gone. Do you agree that Jalen Hood Chafino and his time in Bloomington is coming to an end? I think so. Um, you know, I, it seems like no matter where you look in terms of NBA, the rest of you know, he's, he's in the top 20. You know, he's, he's a late kind of lottery potential guy. Um, and, you know, he just had a really nice season for Indiana. And I think a lot of fans kind of struggle to, to really categorize what, how they feel about him or where they want to put him because, He's kind of a rare talent that anyone hasn't seen at that position in a long time. He's kind of a guy who can do so many things. He's been on the ups and downs, you know, which was kind of unfortunate for him because some of his downs were more tough shooting nights for him. And you know, I do think he was a really awesome player. And people have to keep in mind that, you know, NBA scouts, you know, they don't look at just what he did his freshman season and, and that's what they pick him off of. They, they project forward what he can be in four to five years. And, the, the development and projection for him is, is really high. A lot of teams and a lot of people are super high on him. So you know, that's what they're they're drafting for is from the upside, and he has definitely shown a lot of upside. So um, you know, I think he's probably as good as going. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be if you're projected to go in the top twenty in the NBA draft. Definitely a clear cut first rounder. Um, you know, unless he just really really loves you know uh, being in Bloomington and. You know, maybe people throwing a lot of money at him to stake around as an NIL, you know, package, maybe. But uh, I think he's got a really good opportunity ahead of him to, to go to the NBA. And I would be very, very shocked if he didn't go ahead and do that. Because I think he should, and, and it would be really cool for Indiana to bring in a guy, five-star, you know, can, you know, if we can get two guys draft in this, in this draft. Um, but that's another positive thing in terms of recruiting. You can kind of point to, to certain guys and say, hey, I only had him for one year, but he was a top, you know, 15, 25th and stuff like that. So, I would imagine he's probably as good as John, too. All right, the uh, transfer portal is popping, and Indiana has been very involved with a number of guys that uh, have made an announcement they're going to leave their current school. Is there a name that you think Indiana fans should pay attention to most as this thing really gets rolling? Is there uh, a player that Indiana seems to be most interested in, most involved in, that could possibly be the first new addition here of the offseason? I've seen just a lot of Indiana's interested in. You know, I think they they were reported they had some. Um, they're going to have like a visit with um, the guy from I think Townsend, um, and I think there's a couple of and you know it's, a lot of guys that they're looking at seem to be pretty high volume shooters, which is um, a pretty good you know necessary, necessary kind of thing to fill, especially with with top leaving and even though Cobb wasn't really a high volume shooter, you know he kind of did percentage, but he didn't take a lot of them, and I think. And they're trying to find guys who, you know, take and make a lot of three-point shots because it just seems like that's kind of the style that you need to play, um, especially in March, you know, when it's tournament time, you need guys that can make shots on the perimeter. So, um, yeah, looks like they're looking at the, that shooter from, from Townsend. I saw the, the name of the, the Timberlake kid. Uh, I think it's Nick Timberlake, I think. And obviously, you know, a lot of the ones that a lot of people are familiar with is Jameson Battle from Minnesota. You know, I don't know if they have an official kind of like vision with him for that, but obviously they were sitting in the 
that were kind of, you know, interested or interested in talking to him. And then you know, I know him as sort of like a stretch four uh, that played at Minnesota. And, you know, that that's another kind of type of player that, you know, Indiana hasn't had. You know, Rich Thompson, you know, you were hoping he could kind of be a player like that, but he just didn't really have the shot. You know, he shot like 20 you know, land this season. So, you know, if you get a stretch four that can really shoot the three um, and kind of, you know, be able to defend on the program, that's going to be a big news for this team. So I do like the type of players in the seems to be interested in right now. And I think it kind of just shows kind of the direction we're trying to go with this program. But uh, these are just kind of early names, and I'm sure we're going to see a bunch more names enter the test of portal. You know, there's a lot of teams still playing right now that are going to potentially, you know, want to leave after the season ends on, on some of these talented teams that are, you know, still in March right now. So, you know, it's going to be a, a very long season. I'm sure there's going to be a name every single day that we hear about. I'm sure there's going to be guys that pop up here and around. So um, it, it's, it's crazy to keep track of. I mean, it, it's, it's a little crazier than NBA free agency. You know, you kind of know, like, okay, these guys are all the free agents. These guys are going to be, you know, but with the Shredder Portal, you know, there's 600, probably more are going to be like a 1,000 names that, that you kind of, to keep track of, so it's, it's pretty wild to follow, um, but yeah, I think you know, it's just, it looks like they're looking for a lot of guys who can really shoot the ball and, and stuff like that, but uh, I don't know if there's anyone kind of close cut that's that arrived as sort of the top candidate. I think there's going to be a lot more guys that we're going to figure out about, uh, you know, in the near future here. Alright, Dylan, NCAA games last night, um, boy, a lot of fun, and Dusty May, a guy with Southern Indiana ties, taking Florida Atlantic, which is not a great job in the Conference USA Conference. It's just not. Uh, he's built them up. He's got them headed in a great direction. And now you wonder, as his team prepares for an Elite Eight game, uh, could he be a legitimate candidate to go to Penn State or elsewhere? That's just how this works. If you make a run in the yep. tournament, uh, you're going to get a better job or at least the opportunity to get a better job. Where could you see Coach May fitting in? Yeah, especially with, you know, you know Penn State just having Micah Shrewsbury, another Indiana guy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at uh, another one here with, with Dusty May. And I heard a some tweets last night about, you know, people saying, like, you know, Cross is going to, you know, throw the, the bag at Dusty May trying to get him over to Penn State. And it just seems like, you know, like you said, when, when, when coaches are able to do this, you know, even saw with the Philly Dickinson coach, you know, he got his team to the, that one game against Purdue, and he's already moving up. Um, so, so um, yeah, you, it just happens. It's kind of the, the, the way it goes here in March. And, you know, to get this food at Lennox team to be a lead is a really awesome accomplishment. You know, they've beaten a lot of really good teams. You know, Memphis was a good team who was playing really well when they beat them. Um, you know, they, they beat Philly Dickinson kind of in the run to Cinderella one last week. And then Tennessee, um, that was a really good win because, you know, you watched that first half last night and it just looked like Tennessee was just too big, too long, too physical for Florida Atlantic to really kind of you know, deal with it, and uh, they, they, they came out and went on like a 22-4 to 4 run in the second half and, and just really kind of took over. And it, I, I love this because, you know, Tennessee's style is, is kind of, you know, mugged up and kind of ugly to watch, and, and I was happy to kind of see sort of like, you know, kind of a fun team going and going in a set zone. You know, they kind of get Janelle Davis, who's, you know, from, you know, Gary, Indiana, northwest side, so that's kind of, you know, where, where I resided in too, so it's cool to see guys in the region, you know, doing well in the market. Uh, I've been loving to watch them around. This is a really fun game against Kansas State coming up uh, in the Elite Eight because, I mean, obviously that game was, was incredible last night, too. you got a, a couple of really fun players uh, matching up in that one next week or you know, tomorrow, actually. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, I, and yeah, I, I, 
understanding is basically uh, a spot for himself to go somewhere else after the season ends. And um, it would be cool if he, if he lands at Penn State. Another Nina guy going over there and another Nina guy in the Big Ten, you know, with, with connections. So that'd be super cool. Um, you know, we'll have to see some other jobs if people kind of are interested in him. But I, I do think, you know, I even saw some stuff about the Penn State thing was to be very interesting. So I'm uh, really excited. It's like a lot of Penn State players wanted one of their assistant coaches to get kind of promoted up too. So we'll see if the players you know, have any kind of influence on that. I'm not sure if they do, but, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see who fills that void in the Big Ten next season. No question. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Got to talk a little high school hoops with you. Will you be watching Floyd Bedunga and Kokomo on Saturday night take on Ben Davis? We don't have any real local storylines with everybody gone from really the bottom third of the state, so looking for other things to keep an eye on our state championships, and Badunga is one that can really be fun to watch. I think it's going to be interesting to see him go up against Ben Davis. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of uh, what we saw in the girls' tournament. We had a lot of Southern Indiana teams, you know, make it to state and even win the state from, from this kind of area. And uh, it's a lot different down on the, on the boys' side. You know, Brownstown was close to getting there uh, last week against Winston Stockton. But, yeah, I mean, this, that kid's an absolute stud. Um, you know, they just watching him and the stuff he's able to do. I think, uh, I think their coach... Earlier this week, compared him to Greg Oden, you know, just in terms of you know, what he's been able to do um, in terms of scoring inside, locking shots, and just giving his team a chance to win. Um, you know, that's that, that's a pretty awesome comparison, and obviously he's a very high recruit that you know even Indiana's very you know interested in. So uh, it's going to be awesome to see him go up against Ben Davis, who has not lost a game yet this season. You know, they've been rolling on all cylinders. I think they played earlier this year. I think it was like a six-point game or seven-point game or something like that. So. Some of them are with each other. Um, they're having a, kind of a close game already, so that, that should be a really, really fun game. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of check it out and see how it goes. And kind of see Flory. I haven't really seen him a whole lot. I haven't never even seen him in person yet, but um, he, he seems like by all accounts and you know, stuff from Ohio to see on Twitter or whatever. He's like an off a complete stud, and um, I'm excited to see you know where he ends up going for college and, and hopefully and see what he can do in the state championship you know, in games for Fieldhouse on Saturday. It should be an awesome matchup between those two programs. All right, Dylan Wallace with us on Fridays. Always good stuff. Dylan, having a lot of fun with all this basketball. Unfortunately, it's beginning to wind down. High school hoops over this weekend. We'll be down to the final four uh, on Sunday. And uh, it's exciting, but it's also sad. Yeah, it is sad. I'm not not ready to go just only have baseball on TV yet. No disrespect to baseball, but I I still want to take as much basketball as I can (laughs) these last few weeks Absolutely. All right, Dylan, thank you. Dylan Wallace, sports editor, Seymour Tribune. Uh, As we head to a break, Texter says, what about Sean East? Is he done or does he have another year? Yes, Sean East has another year. I assume he will return to Missouri, but Sean has been known to put his name in the transfer portal. But I thought he fit in well there, seemed to really uh, have a great relationship with the head coach. And so, Hopefully he can finish out his college career, maybe make another trip back to the NCAA tournament. i got to tell you, when I thought about NCAA games this weekend, I thought about tonight in Louisville, Missouri, I really thought would be there if, especially after Arizona got beat. And then, of course, we end up with Princeton. So, need to see Princeton go on this ride, but I really thought we might get a chance to see Sean East, a Louisville guy that played his high school hoops at New Albany at the Yum Center tonight with Missouri in the Sweet 16. But 
that's not the case. But yes, Sean does have another year. I assume he'll be back at Missouri. We'll head to a break. We're back with our final segment after this here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Denison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's text line still open, 502-414-1450. Kyle Nedenrip forgot to tell me he's hosting the Kiwanis State Finals Breakfast Luncheon, whatever it's called these days, uh, which is a cool deal. They get all the coaches and teams together and uh, feed them and preview the games. It just kind of helps create extra excitement right before things tip off on Saturday. So Kyle is... Hosting that, emceeing that, will not be with us today, but gives us an opportunity to look ahead at Sweet 16 <clears throat> games on this Friday night. And some interesting matchups, Alabama in Louisville tonight. They'll take on uh, top-seeded Alabama, that is. They'll take on number 5 seed San Diego State. Uh, I don't know. I'd be surprised if that was a much of a game, honestly. Uh, Alabama, I think, is playing well. Uh, number 1 seeded Houston against number five seeded Miami, uh, I think that could be a game. I am really interested to see how Miami plays, what they look like after eliminating Indiana from the tournament on Sunday night. So that will be one of the interesting games, I think, of the early games. And then the second game at Louisville tonight, I think this will be good. Uh, Creighton, a six seed, and upset special Princeton, a number 15 seed. Can Princeton get to the Elite Eight? I don't think it's so crazy to think that it's possible. A 15 seed in the Elite Eight, a great I don't want to say a great chance, but a chance for it to happen. And then another really good game tonight, on paper at least, I think will be Texas, a two-seed, and three-seeded Xavier. So the Alabama-San Diego State game, it does not do a lot for me tonight. I could be wrong. Heck, it could be a thriller. Uh, but the other three games that we are set up for tonight – I think will be interesting. Of course, we know our games on Saturday after the Thursday night games are over. Kansas State and Florida Atlantic. It looks like Kansas State has a great chance to get to the Final Four. And then Gonzaga and UConn. I think that could be a tremendous game. I didn't get to see a lot of the UConn game last night, but boy, they were playing like a team destined to make some some noise here, even late in the tournament. And Gonzaga, a good win last night over UCLA. So to me, that's the game of Saturday. I think Gonzaga and, and UConn will be extremely special. But a lot of fun. NCAA tournament, nothing like March Madness. And last night's games were good. I'm sure there will be at least a thrilling game tonight. And let's hope as we move into the Elite Eight and the Final Four, we get some tremendous games as well. High school basketball, the state championships. I know we've talked a lot about the 4A game, Ben Davis and Kokomo. Uh, I think uh, Ben Davis with a great chance to finish the year undefeated, which uh, is remarkable. But uh, Kokomo, Flory Bedunga, they've got other good players 
Uh, it will be interesting. And um, other games, I think Fort Wayne Blackhawk, Christian, and Linton Stockton <clears throat> in the 2A game, I think that could be a lot of fun as well. Uh, so to me, the 2A and 4A games uh, should be really good, I think, on Saturday. So if you can't make it to Indianapolis, you can uh, listen to them here on the Big X. You can watch them on the IHSA TV operation online. It's easy to do. Pay a few bucks and do so. Uh, but will be a lot of fun to see who our state champions are for the 2022-23 season. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. If you missed the live show and you ever want to go back and listen on demand on podcast, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. No matter where you listen uh, to our show, you'll find us there. And uh, all the shows are available. If you want to go back and hit a segment or hit a show, uh, you can find all of them available there. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.